Hello and welcome back to episode seven of Football Chants and Rants with the Plants. And it's a very special episode this week. Is not only is it father and daughter, but it is also son-in-law. Yes. Hello, David. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Welcome to the podcast, son-in-law. Basically, we're doing it because we are currently staying at your home in beautiful Budley Salterton, aren't we? Yes. Yes, indeed. And so, David, what football team do you support? Who are you really passionate about? Well, growing up in Birmingham in the mid-90s, it's fairly obvious I'm going to be a Man United supporter. No, I'm only joking. I'm actually an Aston Villa fan. And as we speak, you are currently wearing your Aston Villa t-shirt because we're kind of trying to squeeze in some time before Aston Villa play Man City in the Carabao Cup. Yeah, that's correct. About uh, 17 minutes, so it's going to be a very tight schedule. It's going to be a quick episode. And we've got to have some couple of rants and we're going to have your opinion, obviously, on how all the matches are going so far this season. So, Dad, you're going to kick off with your rant. So my rant is, well, it's about fans who get overexcited. And, uh, well, I am a fan who gets overexcited, I must admit. But I think football's a passionate game. Everybody gets very, very passionate. But I think when they take it to the extent of really starting to pick on club officials, you know, really having to go at the chairman and having protest marches. You know, West Ham fans have been getting lively recently. Man United fans get lively. And I actually gave up my season ticket at Blackburn years ago because... I was sick of the fans around me just moaning and groaning and protesting. So, do you know what? Support your team. Yes, have a have your say, but just when it gets a bit too uh, gets a bit too much sometimes. Also, do you think that by them getting really into it, is that going to impact the players on the pitch? Well, it always will. Yeah, of course it will. And I think you know you don't it doesn't make yourself feel any better, does it? But I think yeah, be passionate, but don't let it over overflow into uh, into behaviour that's not appropriate. It's still a it's still only a game, isn't it? And I suppose in keeping with West Ham and all the protests that they had. I think the best way of overcoming it is by putting out a really good performance on pitch. And David is actually going to be talking about it in a minute, but West Ham did win over the weekend. So I think they put what happened off the pitch with the protests into perspective and hopefully three points. Do you reckon they're still going to keep on kicking off West Ham supporters? Possibly, I think. Like you say, if, if the team wins, they all cheer up, don't they? So, Well, my rant, after watching some of the matches on Sunday today, is definitely about goalkeepers and defenders and overplaying from the back. So if you look at Everton against Man United, it's a prime example. The first two goals, basically De Gea just faffing around with the ball at the back and trying to do something and ended up rebounding against Calvert-Lewin. So that's a prime example of a goalkeeper just faffing around with the ball. I don't know how many minutes, it was within the first five minutes. A silly goal to give away. And then if you look at Pickford for Everton and all the Everton defenders actually trying to play out from the back. And again, that led to Fernandez's goal. So definitely my main rant is goalkeepers and defenders trying to overplay from the back and it just getting nowhere. As a, a previous defender, Dad, what's your opinion on a player's overplaying from the back? Well, it gets shut. That's what I say. I mean, it, yes, it's definitely more cultured than it used to be. And I think we've adopted some of the continental style, you know, that playing out from the back. So it's some good football and some... You know, defenders who can play with the ball and keepers, uh, Alisson, for instance. And I think some of these keepers are very talented, but there are occasions you just got to get shut. So Well, when it's the first five minutes of the match and Man United are away to Everton, the crowd's going, you just want to get rid of the ball. I think Sam Allardyce, is when he was managing Blackburn, we kind of used to take the mickey out of the fact that he would literally just get the goalkeeper to just smack it up every time. 
So I think you've got to have a good balance between the two. Yep, I agree. Um, what's Aston Villa's tactics? Do they kind of play around at the back or do they just bolt it forward? Uh, no, I think we are kind of following some of the other Premier League teams and trying to play out the back. But it's, it's very frustrating when you see them kind of then get caught on possession and, you know, the giving away opportunities. And sometimes you just like, you just want to play straight out, hoop it up. Yeah, I think that if it's goalkeeping kick, the defender's allowed to stay in the box, aren't they? So it means before you had to be outside of your own box, right? Yes, yeah, so it's more likely to happen now as well because that whole playing, you know, well, playing it's a possession-based sport. That's what a lot of the managers are going for. So, David, you're going to talk through some of your Premier League picks from the weekend. So, I think from last night, it's really hard to look beyond the Watford-Liverpool match. So, Liverpool's 18 Premier League wins on the bounce has come to an end, and their dreams of matching the Arsenal unbeatables season is now over. I think they're they're still so far ahead in the league that I don't think Liverpool fans are going to be that worried. A well-deserved 3-0 victory for Watford with brace from Saar and a goal from Troy Deeney. And that's actually moved Watford out of the relegation zone on goal difference. And my second pick of the week is going to be West Ham versus Southampton as we've discussed previously West Ham really struggling with massive fan protests it's West Ham's first win in over two months and they've only had two points from the last seven games so it's a vital three points from them goals and the main attackers Bowen, Haller and Antonio they're only now they've just moved out of the bottom three with that win and Southampton are now 13th from 34 points I think that a lot of the press is definitely going to the fact that Liverpool have lost but you can't take anything away from Watford right? What a brilliant performance from Watford, very aggressive, very in the faces. Been there, actually, a nice little tight ground, fans on top of you. Brilliant, well done. I think Liverpool maybe sat back and were pretty relaxed overall. Well, they've got to have one bad game, of course, so, you know, fair play to them. How about the Championship? So the Championship, again, there's a standout performance in the Championship. First versus 22nd, West Brom versus Wigan. Morsey in the 73rd minute, I mean, Wigan, are, what a role they're on. Another three points for them, five games undefeated, 73rd minute winner. I mean, they are just absolutely on fire at the moment. Takes them out of the relegation zone. Uh, now on 40 points, three points clear of Middlesbrough, who've been dragged back into the relegation zone. West Brom still top, only one clear of Leeds now, though. You've still got to fancy both those teams to go up automatically. Boing, boing, baggies bouncing back up. Well done, Wigan, fantastic. The other one was a six-pointer, both teams looking for playoff places. Fulham-Preston, two promotion rivals. Last time they faced each other at Deepdale, 2-1 to Preston, but Fulham managed to get the points this time round. Own goal from Nugent, and then a very late goal, 95th minute from Kamara. Preston still in the playoff place is sixth, but just two points ahead of Bristol City, and it's getting very close up there. Fulham third, five points behind Leeds. A good win for Fulham, as I say, a real six-pointer. Into League One, we had a big win from Wimbledon. They've ended Gilligan's 15-match unbeaten run after a 91st-minute winner from Callum Riley. That was at Pressfield. So it was Gillingham 1, AFC Wimbledon 2. So Wimbledon themselves, they were winless in seven games prior to the kickoff, but Wimbledon's slowly creeping up the table. They're now in 19th place on 34 points. So they're now eight points clear of Tranmere Rovers. And Gillingham, as a result, now dropped down to 11th. And they're seven points off the playoffs. And then my other pick in League One, you got Doncaster Rovers against Wickham. 3-1 to Doncaster Rovers. A big three points at Keepmoat Stadium. So two teams really hoping for promotion there. And it's a great bounce back after successive away defeats. And Doncaster move up to 10th. And they're six points off the playoffs. Uh, but Wickham stay in fourth. And they're two points off Coventry in second place. 
League two, Grimsby Northampton is my uh, first pick. 3 0 to Northampton. Good and two from Morton at Blundell Park. Grimsby have been on a decent run recently. Holloway's got the team playing well, and from I know a few people in the area actually. And he's got the town united, going into town, buying beers for people in pubs and all these sort of things. So, But a real brilliant win for Northampton, takes them to sixth. Grimsby are safe, but Northampton will be chuffed with that, keeps them in the playoff places. Second one is Oldham, Newport County at Boundary Park. 5-0 win to Oldham. Not often you say that. Two for row, and that takes Oldham to 41 points. And I think, actually, Oldham could be uh, a tip for promotion next season. Manager Dino Mamria, Tunisian manager, actually. Played for Burnley, Doncaster. Managed non-league teams, ended up at uh, Southport and Eaton. Managed Stevenage and now managing Oldham. They are a bit up and down, but this Tunisian might just get to Oldham. I think they are tip for promotion next year. I suppose now's a good time as well to see if you're informed towards the end of this season, they're the ones that you'll be looking at for potentially going up next season, right? I mean, Oldham have been up and down there in the old First Division or Premier League, perhaps. And so Oldham have seen some good times in the past, and I think, yeah, I think they could be one for the future. Best from the West. As I say, this episode, we are out of Somerset and we are currently staying with my sister and my brother-in-law, David, who is here with us in lovely Budley Salterton in Devon. And I suppose the nearest football ground to here would be... Budley Salterton FC. I'm sure they're doing fantastic. We do talk a lot about Exeter. They're doing really well at the moment. But this week's Best from the West is actually going to be Yeovil versus Wrexham in the National League. A big 3-0 win for Yeovil, thanks to three goals. We had Duffus, Wilkinson and Skendy. So Yeovil Town have ended a six-match winless run with a comfortable win over Strugglers Wrexham to maintain their promotion challenge. Yeovil are up to third on 57 points and Wrexham remain in 17th with 42 points. They would have expected to win, but still 3-0 clean sheet and it's big three points this time of season, just something they needed to win under their belt. So that was our best from the West this week. Right, our guest this week, David, you've got a rant for us now. Neither me or dad know what you're going to talk about. So go on then. Now's your time to have a little rant. So my rant is something that's very hot in the press at the moment, which is financial fair play. And Man City are currently uh, getting the eye of UEFA at the moment. You know, I think if we're being realistic about football and football clubs, very few of them are actually sustainable. And you look at, you know, most of the Premier League and the Championship, you know, they're reliant on the money that the owners are pumping into them in order to keep them going. I think it's ridiculous. You look at clubs like Chelsea, Man City, all these big clubs, they're all relying on money being poured into them. They wouldn't be where they were if it wasn't for these owners coming in and putting in the money. We're looking at financial fair play. What we're trying to avoid is clubs going bust. And you're looking at clubs like Bowie that have gone bust this season. And there's clubs before that like Darlington. I remember going to see Darlington probably back in 2004, possibly, at their stadium. Lovely stadium they built, but it was just unsustainable, far too big for the crowds and attendance, etc. And they end up going bust. And ultimately, it's the fans that are missing out. They're supporting their clubs and then they're going bust. And that's it really and I think financial fair play rules aren't addressing that at all in terms of sustainability in clubs I think it's ridiculous when we're looking at this in terms of punishing clubs like Man City like one knows they're getting money pumped in by the owners but they're not going to go bust as long as they've got that support behind them well spoken by an accountant there you go I was going to say you're going to know everything because you're an accountant you've got an unfair advantage actually really good having you here because anything like that I'm kind of just not in the know at all okay I've got one more rant so mine's very much about players on pitch basically talking their way into a yellow card 
I think it became really apparent when it was the Champions League midweek match, Chelsea against Bayern Munich. And Jorginho, for no apparent reason, gets a yellow card because he's just chatting off and being rude to the referee. Ultimately, you're being rude and then you get a yellow card. So now, as a result of having a yellow card, it means he misses the second leg against Bayern Munich in the Champions League. And all for the sake of the fact he just couldn't control his temper, really. So, yeah, I mean, it's the Six Nations at the moment, a break this week, but Six Nations. And as we keep getting reminded, you know, when the referees in rugby, anything gets said to them, you know, they're really well-disciplined rugby players. And football is the polar opposite. Nobody knows quite why, but very disrespectful. And it's just strange, isn't it? That's exactly the thing. They are disrespectful. And then I'm not sure if it was necessarily for this reason, but Fred for Man U Again, it wasn't really handball, but he got a yellow card. He went straight up into the referee's face. And as a result, he did get a yellow card. My suggestions are, A, be more respectful to the referee and have some anger management classes. You shouldn't be that rude. You wouldn't be like that in person, would you, in real life? And I think for Fred to get in somebody's face, he's on his tiptoes, isn't he, as well, to be fair. <laughs> is he really small, is he? Well, he's either? quite small, yeah. Is small as Ryan Fraser? Not that small, no. And then also, because I'm a massive fancy football fan, we get deducted points when they get yellow cards, and it's just so frustrating. At least get a yellow card for something where, you know how they say, oh, he's taken one for the team and he's maybe drawn a foul at the right time. Chatting back to the referee and getting a yellow card is a waste of time. So this week's Putting in the Miles teams and fans that have uh, travelled the length and breadth of the country to watch their team. So this uh, week we're in League Two, one of our southwest teams, Plymouth. 658-mile round trip to Bradford. Talked about Bradford recently, actually, on a bit of a bad run, but they actually beat Plymouth 2-1 yesterday. Plymouth had two players sent off, so not a great day for them. Uh, dropped down to fifth in the league, two points off Exeter in third. And Bradford stay in ninth, two points off the playoffs. So stabilises Bradford, didn't help Plymouth much. 900 Plymouth fans, we think, trying to struggle actually to find on the internet the attendance at Valley Parade. Nowhere, couldn't find it anywhere. Nowhere. I looked on all the match reports on BBC Sport and nothing. Thanks to Twitter, I don't know what Twitter is, but apparently thanks to Twitter. I sent out a tweet, do you know what that means? No, no, not really. <laughs> thanks to Twitter and a tweet, Crazy Miner tweeted back saying there was 15,000 at Valley Parade. 900 Plymouth fans so thank you very much Crazy Miner maybe he listens to this podcast you never know I I told him to so I'm hoping that he does thank you very much for that information So we said earlier that because we have mentioned in the past that myself and dad support Blackburn Rovers so for us it's really cool having a different perspective because David you obviously support Aston Villa, so I just wanted to maybe ask you a couple of questions on Aston Villa, if you don't mind. So, who would be your star player of the season so far for Aston Villa? Well, I think it's, it's impossible, really, to look beyond Jack Grealish. What a star player he's been. He gets the ball, he's comfortable on the ball, drives with it. Everything Aston Villa does centres around his play, etc. How he's not in the England team yet, I'm just not quite sure because he offers something different to what a lot of the other players will offer in terms of he's comfortable with just getting the ball and is just happy just to run at the opposition. And we'll draw a foul and get you a good free kick in a good area. Yeah, so he's just been playing great for us at the moment. And he is one of the, him and Zaha, one of the most fouled players in the Premier League right now, aren't they? Yeah, they certainly are. I mean, if you watch him, he's getting kicked every two seconds, really, from the opposition. It's the only way they can ever stop him. What I found quite interesting is that, obviously, I fancy football. And he was one of the players I put in before the season even started, actually. At the beginning of the season, they seem to be playing him in more of a defensive role. But now he's definitely much more of an attacking role. Where do you... Do you 
you think that's where he's best suited? Oh yeah, I think he's definitely suited with the ball at his feet, driving at the opposition, pushing the defenders back into their own box, forcing them to commit the fouls in good places really. So yeah, definitely on the attacking side. So currently Aston Villa, as we speak, are in the bottom three. Dab, where do you see Aston Villa finishing at the end of the season? Bottom three, unfortunately. Only I thought it's, I think it's, it literally could be goal difference or one point. I think they're one of the better lower teams. It's between them, West Ham, Watford. They're all playing well. To yeah, be fair. it's hard. It's really hard to tell. I, th- I think from day one, I've said Brighton will go down. So maybe Brighton going down might help Villa stay up. So uh, David, I know as a true avid fan of Aston Villa, where do you think they're going to finish at the end of the season? Well, I'm hoping they're going to uh, win the Carabao Cup today, and that's going to give them a real lift to uh, kick on and get clear of relegation zone, and maybe get up to a fifth somewhere like that at the end of the season. We're going to have just myself and David, Dad, you a little break from Barnet of the Week this week. How do you feel about that? Good. <laughs> well, okay, I'm glad to have about that. Right, David, I don't know who your Barnet of the Week is, so you're going to kick off first. So my Barnet of the Week, being an Aston Villa fan, I'm going to go for Tyrone Mings. You know, what a great set of hair on his head. The dreadlocks, brilliant Barnet. You see that when he's lifting the cup this afternoon, that Barnet will be uh, <laughs> wonderful. Do you think it might impact his defending a little bit? I think defenders should just have all their hair shaved off. Will that not impact the heading of the ball? I don't know. You look at someone like um, Mario Fellaini, you know, he had a great set of hair, didn't he? He was a exactly. great barnet, you know, great head of the ball. They've always done well, haven't they, with a great set of hair and heading, so yeah. Okay, no, we haven't had Tyrone Mings before. I'll go with that. My barnet of the week, I'd be careful how I say this, Daniel Fark, the Norwich manager. Have you seen his hair recently, Dad? No. Well, it's a middle parting and it's very slick back. He's got a lot of it. And I've noticed that when the match is actually going on, it's kind of all over the shot. But as soon as he's in for a press statement or anything like that, it's all slipped back and it's looking very, very neat. So my bun of the week is definitely Daniel Park. <laughs> Ones to watch for next week. Well, I've gone for the biggie on Sunday night, 4.30pm, Premier League match. It's a big Manchester derby. got Man United versus Man City. Last time they played, it was 1-3 in the EFL Cup back in January. That was to City. But then in the Premier League, it was 2-1 to United at the Etihad back in December. I don't know how this is one's going to go. I think... I think with any kind of derbies, you're leaning more towards the fact that it could be a draw. So I'm going to say Man U, Man City, 1-1. David, what do you reckon it's going to be, Man U versus Man City? I think uh, Man City are going to edge it 2-1. Dad, what are you saying? Uh, I'd go draw as well, actually. Maybe 2-2, though. So my one to watch is from League Two, and it's a local derby, Scunthorpe versus Grimsby. It's an early kickoff on Saturday, 1 o'clock, because it is that local derby. And the first time they'd played since 2005 in the league in a derby was back in December when Scunthorpe won 1-0 at Grimsby. That one was watched by just over 7,000 with just short of 2,000 Scunthorpe fans. I imagine Grimsby will take a big crowd there. Like I said, they've been doing well under Holloway. And there's lots of positivity in the town, so that'll be a really good local derby. Scunthorpe, Grimsby, nothing much to play for, really. They're both safe, and neither can get to the promotion places, but I think a lot of local passion and a lot of feistiness there. So, Scunthorpe, Grimsby. Yeah. 
we are short of time because as we speak, Aston Villa are currently playing Man City and David, you're looking there you're looking very twitchy. I can hear screaming from the lounge. So I think is it currently nil nil? Are we thinking that's what it could be? I'm currently following the text updates and it is currently nil nil. So we're gonna leave it there. Thank you very much, David, for joining us on episode seven of Football Chants and Rants with the Plants. You might be back. Would you want? Would you be willing to come back? Have you enjoyed the experience enough? Yeah, I've definitely enjoyed the experience. Yeah, it's enjoyed my uh, debut performance. Have to see if I um, get substituted off, and you know, <laughs> never to be seen again. Bonding with father-in-law and sister-in-law. Ah, uh, there you go. Move on. <laughs>